What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Obsession. I'm Carl Belke. And I'm Mike Stabbett. Mike, we got a pretty good question today from Rob. It says, how do you find big bucks? And how do you hunt them? <laughs> what do you look for when trying to find a big buck? Well, I guess it's kind of... Number one, what do you consider a big buck? Everybody has their own uh, mm -hmm. view of that one, don't you think? Yeah. You know? Um, for me, I think a big buck is a three-year-old and older. Same. Thank you. Um, when I first started, any buck was good. Yep. You know? And as I'm old, so it, it's progressed into certain certain things for me when it comes to what I think of a hate And that's a young yourself. Oh, that's right. But, you know, it, I mean, it's a different, different topic, obviously, but, you know, a trophy um, is different to everybody. Especially with the boat. And I think it's awesome. I don't care how it is. Yeah. With the boat, to me. If you're happy. Yeah, to me. Yeah. I, you know, Carl and I, though, you know, we've kind of just decided collectively that we're not going to take um, deer anymore unless they're that three and a half, four and a half and up is oh. what we're trying to hunt. Obviously, that's not always possible, no. too, but um, how do you find them, you know? It, one thing I know, we can go way back, I don't know which podcast it is, but um, one thing we like to do is that scouting in the winter, before you get all of the snow, or even maybe after you get a little bit of snow, right. really see those trails defined. You know, and watch where those deer are moving. Um, and I, I'm not even saying that's a buck strategy, but it's a deer strategy. Right. Uh, to make sure that where you're setting up is really right. I mean, it'll really tell you a lot for stand placement, especially when, when everything's down and there's snow and everything's bare. You're like, hey, that was a pretty good spot for that stand. Because now you see a, a, another small trail that's off that trail. And one thing of that I can add to what Blake's talking about, and he's 100% right. But I'll tell you this for sure, big bucks make big tracks. Yep. That's, that's another thing I was going to do. <laughs> learn, how to, learn how to read a hoof print. Yep. One thing. And, it, and yes, doe and bucks yeah, set their print down different um, in the soft ground or in the snow where you can see it in the mud. Um, I have to go back, I should send you, I'll send you the picture from Johnny, because I have a picture of his hoof print, remember? Oh, I remember, I mean, yeah. I knew it was him with my hands next to it, I still have it. Yeah. Um, but that's one thing I know we use a lot, is it tells us, are we in the right spots? It kind of shows, you know, the faint trails up above bedding areas where they can wind is normally a buck trail. Normally. Or a rub line. You know, go back and see your rub lines because it's not something you want to be doing during the season. Like, hey, look at this rub line. I'm going to walk it. You know, don't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff like that is, you know, how we do it. Obviously, cameras. Yeah. Tells us a lot of what we have to hunt. Yeah, it, it comes down to your capabilities. Now, that the cameras are our number one tool for finding big deer is our cameras. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> the other thing I recommend, now, I don't know if you're on private land or in your public land. So, when I was hunting public land, I would always listen to, I'm going to use this weird word, scuttlebutt. Like, 
So what? But you, you know, I'm at work and there's guys that I know are. That's an old word. That's a real old word. That's why I threw it out there. Uh, you know, listen to what people people were talking about. A couple of the guys I knew in the in where I worked at, at the time was Kraft Oscar Meyer, big public land hunters, hunted the same areas that I hunted. But I would listen to what they had to say. I wouldn't say a lot, but I'd listen to what they had to say. You know, like there's they're telling me they're seeing such and such deer or. You know, the people that land around the public land over there, Cherokee Marsh, you know. Oh, yeah, one of the guys I worked with actually owned land right in the middle of that. And he's like, well, yeah, there's this big 10-pointer, there's this 12-pointer, da, da, da. Well, now I know there's deer there. Yeah. That's half your battle. Yeah. Okay, now we know, okay, they're there. Now we need to figure out where we can hunt them and what times of day we can get to where we got to go and do it, right? So... That's one of the ways that you can learn where there's big deer. Drive around. If, check your local area. Like right now, I'll be honest with you, Mike and I pulled five chips from my cameras yesterday at my property. There ain't a deer on there that I would shoot buck-wise that I, nothing on there would be fun to shoot. But I'll tell you this, by the end of the month, if I wanted to see the bucks that I'm going to be hunting this fall, I would drive about three quarters of a mile around my property or a mile around my property, even up to a mile and a half or two, and look at all the bean fields. Yeah, they're going to be there. Because that's, those are the deer you're going to be hunting. And remember, those deer are going to travel. 100%. Going to travel. That's so anywhere around that property, yeah, if you see them and you have something to attract them, they're going to be there. I mean, is it a bonus if you see some? No. Sure. Well, you're going to get them crossing. You're going to get them crossing, coming back and forth. But yeah, so anyway, you know, camera's a huge tool. Yeah. Uh, we we scout early, late, year-round, often, all season. Um, we we talk a lot about this. Like I said, Carl said, we're not sure what type of land you're hunting, but we, we like observation stands. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of times we've sat a lot of different places um, in August and filmed and watched set back to see what some deer are doing yep. um, and see what your does are doing because <coughs> there's going to be does on the properties now oh yeah if the does are there now the does are going to be there oh yeah 100 percent. so you know watch their travel watch where they're going watch where they're bedding where are they you know feeding where are they coming from where are they going to Here's a little hint about watching the does. Like Mike said, you know, watching, if you watch the does and you watch your travel routes, as you're watching the does travel routes, all right, realize those does are going to go back and forth through that all year. Okay, so the rest of your hunt season, those does are going to be on those same trails doing that. Think about if I was a buck, where would I be transition-wise to pick those does up? Like. I got a west wind and I'm a buck and I know the doors are traveling there, where am I going to be to scent check them? I'm going to be in this tree line over here, covered up where nobody can see me, and I'm going to be scenting those doors to see if they're coming in asterisks. That's how bucks going to move. That's how they think about things. They're not going to walk right out in the open. Now, not always. Depends on time of year. But in general, especially early seasons and before the pre-rut gets heavy, they're going to be walking on the edges of places. They're going to be checking these does. They're going to be coming out at different times. You have to think, I don't want to sound weird. You kind of got to think like a buck. No, they're, they're not bedded together. No. You know, when, when are they bedded together? When it's that time. Yeah. That's when a buck is going to bed down by a doe. 
but you know they're in their groups. So. One that we would like to shoot. Yes. Depends on the age group of the animal, but yes. Yeah. You got exactly. That's what we say. Those off trails are a good sign. Watching your doe movement, because when you're hunting a buck, you should be hunting those does. So I mean, that's what they're after. You know, and, you know that's the name of the game. And, um, you know, learn. I guess one good thing is that you can always do is learn how to hunt a mature doe. Yeah. You can learn how to hunt a mature doe. You can have success on mature bucks. And I, I, I would challenge anybody to tell me that that's wrong. There's people out there that will say, yeah, you can't. You know, mature doe isn't nearly as hard as mature buck, and I would call BS. Uncorrect. Yes. Um, they don't act like a buck because they're they're wired differently. It's like men and women are wired differently. Bucks and does are wired differently. Does are communal group animals. Once you get past three years of age, except in the summer when they're in bachelor groups, bucks are solitary animals. The only time they want to be around other deer is if it's time to breed. Especially when it comes to a mature buck. And when I say mature buck, like I said, a lot of people don't consider a three-year-old a mature buck. In our areas, a lot of our three-year-olds can reach 150 inches easy. So, to me, if that's a 150-inch deer, I'm not going to let him walk. I'll tell you that right now. That's just how I think. I can't let a 150-inch deer walk, dude. Not going to happen. So that's why they, that's that's kind of what we look for. Um, the other thing is you can, if you have your own property, we'll throw this off for doing your own property. So if you have your own property, you can actually control deer movement or line of movement by setting up uh, different things to help promote that deer movement that you want. Mock scrapes are big for us. You, you guys hear us talk about the mock scrapes all the time. And that's where we inventory our deer with our cameras too. Um, especially our bucks. Come September, late September, early October is when our properties get hot and that's the way we've designed them. Yeah. And uh, that's when most of our, our really important inventory comes as soon as October yeah. 1st rolls like, You know, we have all of our mock scrapes all now on both properties. Uh, both of us have deer that are hitting them now a little bit, does and stuff. Which is, actually, thanks for dropping that on the floor there, Archer. But uh, that's actually a good thing because they're putting scent on them. Yeah. It's going to stay there, you know. Um, but later on is when you're going to start seeing those bucks hitting them and chucking them and yeah. walking around them because they've already chucked them, but they're going to go buy them and chuck them. Right. You know, so that's a, that's a big thing. Yeah, well, the big thing there for them is that's how they communicate. That's their social structure, bucks and does and fawns. Uh, you'll even see raccoons and all that, you yeah. know, play with them sometimes. Yeah. But all that is a social structure, and that's how you're basing your season. Very important. I think that, that, that for us has been the biggest tool over the last three to four years, I think, for finding the deer we want to hunt. Yeah. Oh, and here's the other part about things, too. Um, now that we're older, it's a little bit different. You know, and we've got some of our own property for us. We do now spend a lot of time hunting individual deer, mm -hmm. which is a challenging game for us. That's kind of what it's how it goes. Don't think that it's fun. No, because it's look, you know, a mature buck will run you in the dirt <laughs> and break your heart. Well, I remember. <laughs> 
I mean, you think about that. There's been deer that we've chased. You and I both chased. Yeah. Um, let's just say, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up I. I'll show you guys some pictures of this deer and I'll actually show you me putting an arrow into the deer and I'll let you know that it, the story did not end up well. Uh, it's actually on somebody else's wall right now. Um, I did kill the deer, it's just I couldn't get to where it was for the recovery and uh, somebody, it ended up dying on a ski slope and uh, somebody from the ski slope found it and they now it's up in their bar. But it was a deer that I had followed for five years and finally ended up under a big cold front. I uh, got an opportunity to put an arrow in him and uh, hit a tree limb and hit the deer poorly. So, yeah. um, and then you have your own story. Yeah, I've got, I got a few of them, but one in particular, Carl remembers, is, we called him Johnny. Yeah. Big Johnny Holmes. <laughs> and I hunted him. I, um, Two years for sure, uh, you know, first year saw him, never really went after him too much. I actually tried to set the landowner up on him, mm -hmm. tried to take a big deer, and then the next year I decided I'm going after him specifically. Uh, I have, I could go back and look at my log, but I spent, I know it was over 300 hours in a stand on him. Um, I took 17 straight days of vacation to hunt him. Uh, Carl hunted with me, filmed with me, him and I got into a few arguments. Um, I passed some deer up that I would never passed up before. Um, and this was all never laying eyes on this deer. Oh, there's a few a, pictures. I had a, uh, one picture of a hoof print mm -hmm. that I was pretty sure was his. And uh, I had a one three photo burst of him huh? going through an area where I knew he frequented. The only time I saw this deer was two times driving to the property. He crossed back over the road to go to the other, to the neighbors. And anyway, I ended up getting the deer. That turned into a fiasco. Um, but we have the hunt yeah. shot. Um, finding the deer, I think it was three or four days later when I found him. Yep. But uh, and it wasn't even excited anymore. No, you were excited. Just shot. Yeah. So it's it's tough, you know. Yeah. Hunting a single deer, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. But you're gonna learn um, how smart they are. You gotta be willing to eat a tag, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, we've eaten a few tags. We have. But, you know, I, yeah, I guess another, I guess the successful story, you know, I brought up the other one because I want everybody to understand we're mm -hmm. no different than anybody else, and we do every now and then have something like that happen. Last year, there's a buck called Shocker. I got a good picture of him August 27th. And that was the deer I was gonna hunt. And I ended up shooting him October 27th, October 27th, yeah. So two months after we got the first picture of him. Mm -hmm. And uh, after that one was done, it was like a little bit of, I was freaked out. I thought I made a bad shot. I was texting you yeah. back and forth. And uh, you know, ended up getting that deer too. It was, a, it was a good one. But you know, that being said, you know, chasing bucks and deciding what you're going to shoot, that's that's your own decision. That's what I want to tell you. Because I know you're a young hunter and you're just, you're just learning this part of things. You have to be able to make that decision for yourself. I want you to realize too, and Mike and I will both tell you this, you could shoot as many big deer as you want. doesn't mean you're going to be somebody in the hunting industry. 
Do it. Don't do it for that reason. No, do it for yourself. Don't do it to try and prove anything to anybody. You're, you're, you're shooting it for yourself. Yeah, I mean, the. I think anymore is we both obviously try to chase specific deer. Uh, we have a couple of deer, you know, at Carl's property that we hope show back up this year that we would like to go after. Um, we have a couple of deer here yeah. that we'd specifically like to go after. Um, and it's going to be, you know, if the opportunity presents itself, yeah, it's I'm not probably going to be the deer that we take. Yeah. You know, um, I, I know there's a deer at Carl's that I had some encounters with last year that I hunted. Um, probably an absolute slob this year um, and I'm talking you know 170 right. probably class buck um, but I also have one here that's probably um, I, we've seen some pictures of some already that I probably gonna shoot oh yeah probably in the 140s you know like well, why would you shoot a 140 or 170 because it's an opportunity yeah and it's work that we put in so when an opportunity like that presents itself it's pretty hard to pass up, even though ah, maybe you know maybe I do get a shot at this other one. Maybe I don't. Maybe it goes the other way. Who knows? But don't don't pass something up because you think there's going to be something even better. You know. Yeah. Um, and um, we we can say that we shot a lot of big deer. Yeah. You know, but we still aren't, aren't guys that are going to pass up most likely 140 plus inch deer is not going to walk by us. No, it's going to get an arrow. <laughs> you know, it's just not going to happen. Pope and young deer are. To me, that's how I think about it. It's hard to shoot a poking young deer, and it's hard to do it year after year after year. Yes. We've been very fortunate, Mike and I, to be able to have these opportunities. And trust me, don't all our deer don't make poking young. No. <laughs> Just saying that. No. But we've been fortunate enough. We've done fairly well uh, over the years. And uh, hopefully that continues again this year, but we'll see how it goes. We put a lot of work and a lot of effort into it, and uh, we'll see how things go. For you, you have to make your own decision. That's what I'm trying to say is, is don't be shooting deer to impress other people because if you are, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Yeah, shoot, shoot what's you know makes you happy. Like I, Carl and I, I think we talked about this yesterday a little bit. Like if I grab my bow, or he grabs his bow, and we're in a stand, it's happening. Yeah, it is, and it. We both know that. Like yeah. When we filmed for each other in the past, and he grabbed his bolt, I better have that camera ready because this is going to happen. Yeah. Like there's no, it's a, it's a one look for us. We're like, yep, and then it's where, where are we going to make this shot? When is it going to happen? Yeah, it's yeah. no longer looking at the antlers anymore yeah. for us. Pretty much goes into kill mode. At that yeah, point. I don't care at that point after that. It's like I don't, I'll, I'll worry about this when I know he's on the ground. Hundred percent. But I know that's an animal I want to take. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, there, and there's a lot to that too. Um, I have, in my same way, just like he stated, I I do not pick my bow up unless I have total intentions of killing whatever's in front of me. Mm -hmm. You want to tell me once that machine is set, the motion never cannot done. be stopped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It just, yeah. then it just goes that's automatic. So that's, that's for us anyway. So if you think of it that way, don't even pick your bow up. If you think you don't want to shoot it, leave your bow hanging. Yeah, because then you don't have to worry yeah, about you it. Should, it should just be something that kind of triggers, like, yes, I'm going to shoot this deer. Yeah, 100%. You know. And then be proud of what you shot. Yes. I don't, don't be those people where I don't want to ever see anybody, it's not my biggest. Uh, um, not what I thought it was not when I got up to him. Yeah, I got ground, ground training. Not as big you. as I thought it was, blah, 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 you know. I, it's, 
don't ever downplay the animal you take. You take in the life of, uh, of something, and yeah. it's important. That's that's one thing. And Carl and I have had this conversation. I know your wife has had it with people. My wife has had it with people. Like, why do they mount all these deer? Because that is that's the respect that we give back to this animal. Because if you're taking this deer because you want to kill something, I don't want to talk. No, you pretty much got some I'm, sort of issue. I'm not out here to kill an animal. I don't enjoy killing animals, you know. I enjoy the sport of the hunt, and I am very grateful every time I take one. You know, it means a ton to me. That's why they are on my wall. Yep. You know, that's respect back to them, in my opinion, and in Carl's opinion, I know for sure, too. I agree 100%. But you know, they, they don't want to die. No, I've never <laughs> seen anything that wants to die less. Yeah. Than a white tail. Uh, white tail mule deer? Yeah, they don't want to die. No. They're, they're relentless. They are, they are, yeah. And but they're the, not easy to kill. What do they say? If there's a nuclear war, the only thing that's going to survive is white tails and roaches? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's why they're everywhere. That's, you know? that's a fact. Yeah, they will find some place to hide from that. They'll survive. And I, you know, I think that, I don't think it's off topic, but I think, it, you know, for us, and this is probably why we're so close to, um, when you have that kind of respect for what you're hunting, I think it's going to make you better. Yeah, I think it does. You know, um, I, I, I'm a person too. I can't stand. I, I've been places where I see a deer, and people have a hat on it, <laughs> or lights hanging in it, and it just pisses, pisses me off. You know, the only I, thing I'll ever see they are ever put on my deer, Mike, is I'll take. The arrow I killed that animal with. Yeah, one back there with an arrow on it. Yeah. That's the arrow we just found. That's the arrow we just found. Yeah. Arrow, so I put it on. Yeah. 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 That's the only time I'll ever do anything yep. like that. And I, I know there's people been here before when I haven't been here. Mm -hmm. And I've said to my wife, "Oh, we should hang lights." And she looks right at him like he'll kill you. Oh yeah. Like you don't touch that. Yeah. You know, and people find this amazing. You go down my wall or Carl's wall is the same thing, and we both have a lot of mounts. And we will tell you the day where we shot that animal and everything about it. Okay. That, to me, is respect. And it doesn't matter if it's the biggest one, the smallest one on that wall, who cares? Yeah. We know everything about it, and that's the cool thing about it. Right down to my first yep. first deer. Yep, mine's hanging right up here. Yep. First deer with a bow, and my first deer ever was actually with a gun. My first buck ever was actually with a gun. He actually hangs on this wall. He's about the only one with the gun that hangs on this wall. I'll yeah. tell you everything about it. Oh, yeah. And it was 20-some years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's the greatest part about it, too. Yeah. You know, the respect for the animal is more important <coughs> than most people. It, what really gets me is you're sitting there and listening to somebody talk about story, and, and then all of a sudden you'll hear the, the individual, the, the hunter, say, well, the stupid thing did this. That animal is smart smarter than you, smarter than you'll ever be, smarter than you've ever been. Because your ass can't sit out in the wild. Yeah, you can live in that climate? Never. Year-round? Never. Find your own food? Almost have no food. Yeah. For like months. You know, feet of snow and below zero. Yeah. And tell me how stupid that animal yeah. is again. You know? Get some respect. At that point, yeah. if I ever hear that, that's when I just walk away. Yeah, I, I do too. It's not worth It's not worth your time. No. It's not worth our time. I don't even want to talk to people like that. <laughs> but, you know... Like back to what we're basically the you know finding the big bucks and stuff like that you know, uh, the animals think of a think of a big mature whitetail as a, a creature of habit. They are somewhat the same on how they do things. No different than humans. You get in your car and you drive 
majority of you get in the car and drive the same road to work every day. Follow the same patterns. So think of that as a deer trail. Okay? But then all of a sudden, if somebody tried to kill you on that road, you would change the way you move stuff and get real sneaky, right? Yeah. Change so. your speed or maybe take a different road. Yeah. You know. That the deer will do that, and you should do that too. If all of a sudden you educate a big deer, That's a good point. He's gonna change. He's gonna change, sure. and then you should change also. Yeah. So imagine that. We're gonna end the podcast here, Mike. Yeah, we could go on all day. Yeah, we can go on all day. Thanks for listening to The Obsession. We appreciate each and every one of you guys. You get a chance. Check us out at rss.com. You can listen to the podcast there under The Obsession. Also, you guys can subscribe and like here at Rush Outdoors Wisconsin on our YouTube channel. We appreciate all you guys' support. Uh, if you have any questions, get a hold of us right here on YouTube. We appreciate all you guys' questions. Thanks for listening. Thanks.